glad to be in his presence. So uh, one verse of scripture while you're standing this morning and we'll um, move along. I believe we've, we've got at least three uh, to baptize today. So in our next after our next service. So we're excited about that. Just baptized six last weekend. And man, I think we've been baptized on just about every service. So uh, thankful that God's moving on people and and um, even our kids that are getting baptized, so so proud of them, just taking those steps of faith early to uh, to be baptized, and man, that's, tra- that's training them up in the way they should go. So we're we're thankful for that. Jeremiah, uh, you want to turn there and um, remind you uh, again to be be in prayer for the prayer services this week. Jeremiah two and verse twenty two. Jeremiah, the Lord's addressing a situation that uh, that is a problem for for men because it's a problem we can't solve on our own. He said, the Lord speaking to Jeremiah, he said, for though thou wash thee with nitre, he said, so you wash yourself with nitre and you take much soap, he said, yet your iniquity is marked before me saith the Lord God. And so I want to talk this morning just on this subject. Just one word, clean. Clean. Let's pray, let's, let's pray together this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for this word and for it, the provision it gives us. We thank you for the blood that washes whiter than snow. And Lord, today let us hear what the Spirit would say. God, we're going to thank you for it bless your name. God, let us be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Would you give him a hand clap before you're seated this morning? Thankful to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. God bless you and thank you for being in the house of the Lord. So be clean. You know, even, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, well, if you're messy, that's a sign of intelligence and that's a sign of creativity. And and it might be, <laughs> you know, um, I'm often people will walk in my office and say, your office is a mess. <laughs> your, how do you, your desk is a mess, but I know right where everything is. And uh, and but. You know, things are better. You, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to relax. You know, you come home and things are clean. Things are in order. Things are in place. But, um, you know, I, a few years ago, um, after COVID hit, boy, people were obsessed with clean. You couldn't find cleaning products anywhere. There was no nothing to be found. There, you couldn't find Clorox or wipes or uh, disinfectant, man, I mean, uh, hand sanitizers. It was just all about let's we we we've got to be clean and and so uh, and even one of the very first things you will experience in your life once you are birthed into this world is they're going to clean you up. <laughs> they're going to flip you around and you, if you watch the man, it looks like they're making pizza. They're flipping them babies back and forth and wiping them off and flipping them around and and, and as a parent, you're like, well, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Now, I, I, I carried this child a long time. You know, be easy, but they don't. They know what they're doing. But anyway, it's, you know, they they do that. They clean you off, and uh, 
And then that first baby, man, it messes with you because you you have that that fear of germs, you know. And and then rightly so, they they're young, and you need to be careful. You know, we talk about don't just go up kissing babies, things like that. But it gives, I think, every parent suffers from uh, uh, mesophobia for a little while, right after that first child, and that's the fear of germs and dirt and et cetera. You just you know, so we clean everything. We throw it away if we can't think. We, if we don't think we can clean it, we don't want to take a chance. You know, we just I'll buy another one. Just I, I threw so many bottles away when our kids, especially when Jake was first born. Man, I threw. I, if I wasn't sure I got it clean enough, I, I'll just buy another one because they were very cheap back then. But you just don't want to take a chance. Now the second kid, <laughs> they they eating dirt and everything else. It is you just you you realize the first one lived. So you know the second one. That's just that's a Annabeth ain't in here, is she? That's a, no, but oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, but you know how it is with babies. You you bathe them. There's wipes, sanitizers, everything's clean. You grow up. Hey, clean your room. Let's clean the house. Wash your hands. Take a bath. Take a shower. Wash your hair. You know, make sure your hands are clean before you come in for supper. It was just you know, and for me it was wash your car. Don't drive around in a dirty car. Wash your car. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I, I used to tell people, I said, man, you could eat fried chicken off my car. I said, it was clean. I said, that's, that's how clean I would keep my cars and stuff. And there's every kind of product in the world. If you sit up and watch late night TV, you'll see uh, super new cleansers that NASA made that can clean anything, you know, and 1999, you can get two of them. It's just like, it's like that. There's, there's all kind of cleaning products, soaps, detergents, sprays, wipes, solvents, stain removers, OxyClean. We used to get, when we were young, the commercials for whisk. No more ring around the collar. Some of you too young to remember that. But then there was Irish Springs, so you could be clean as a whistle. You know, just, or shout, so you could shout it out. Tide pens, bleach, borax. And if it can't be clean, it at least will smell clean. You know, Febreze. And that's that's cheating. I don't have time to wash it. Can I tell you something? Is an experience from youth camps uh, that um, being at youth camps that uh, teenagers they they think that they can just spray body spray on and they're they're clean. But no, you're not. Uh, don't put a dirty body into clean clothes. That ought to be scripture. There's, there's something similar to that. Don't put new wine in old wineskins, but, uh, you know, don't put a, a filthy, dirty, sweaty, softball body into a, a dress, in dress clothes and spray Axe all over you and think you're going to be all right. It doesn't work. You need to be clean. We need to be clean. And so, um, you know, we, we work hard at it because it, it trying to be clean because oftentimes we don't want to throw away our favorite shirt. You get salsa, a barbecue sauce on it. You're going to find the best stain remover so you can save it. But there's just only so much cleansers can do. Eventually, the stain is there. It won. And so your favorite shirt is the shirt that you work in the garden with or outside with, or you wash the car with it, or it's a dust rag, or you just throw it away because it's not clean anymore. I can't wear that out in public, you know, I, I got a big barbecue stain right here. That it's not, you don't want to look like that. You don't want to look like a slob, so you, you clean up. But the Lord's not talking about grass stains or barbecue stains or salsa dripping on your garment. He's, he's talking about something that has stained us to the core. 
and something that we were born into that we cannot get away from. He's talking about that stain of sin. And while sin does affect the outside of the body, it resides within, inside of us, inside our nature. Uh, and we need to be clean from that. And so the Lord was trying to tell Jeremiah and speak through him to let the people know uh, this is not something you can achieve on your own. He said, you can take soap and cleanser and bathe yourself. Take much. Bathe over, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> Just keep going. But you're still not going to remove the sin. And what he's telling them, he said, you can put on a show. Because he's not really just talking about only, you know, take a bath. But when people try to clean up their act, but still there's something residing inside. There's something there that has not gone away. There's something there that to deal with this, you're going to have to meet the Lord. You're going to have to talk to him about it because he said you can clean up your act. You can put on the show. You can uh, have everything in order and everything looks like it's clean and right in your life. But I will still see what is deep down inside. I'm still going to say your sin and your iniquity is still marked before me. And it's something that um, the Lord has always been concerned with. Even Paul wrote about this uh, when he was writing to the church at Ephesus. And, and I didn't give you this scripture, sis, so don't worry. I'm just going to uh, go to it right quick. But um, it says that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He had to be involved so he could sanctify it and cleanse it. With the washing of water by the word, uh, that word there, actually washing of water, that phrase translates uh, to baptism. So he said he, he has a church. He gave himself for it. He loved it, shed his blood, died for it, so he could sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word so he could present it to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. It would be this is what... Uh, Jesus died to do to cleanse us and no matter what we think and no matter how desperately we want to be clean until we meet with him we won't be we can have faith it always starts with faith it always starts with belief it always starts in that journey uh, you don't get clean and then come to him because you can't get clean without him you've got to come to him first and then you can work on the rest of it and so uh we can do all we want to on the outside, but it's going to take a work of the Lord on the inside if we're going to be clean. And we have to be clean. We can't mimic other people. We can't pretend to be something we're not. We need a sincere encounter with the Lord. In Matthew uh, chapter 23 um, and verse 25 the Lord was talking to his people, the scribes and the Pharisees, and he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you're hypocrites, because you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but inside they are full of extortion and excess. He said, You blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. And he said, You're like 
in verse 27, he said, you're like whited sepulchers. They appear beautiful outside, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisies and, and iniquity. So he was letting them know, I, I see what you're trying to do, but you're still going to need an encounter with me. It's still going to take uh, my blood. It's going to take what I've got for you to actually be clean. Makes sense, doesn't it? So, in other words, we can clean up pretty good, get the right look, say the right things, and be the best image that we can be, but that doesn't work. In Psalm 39 and 5, the psalmist wrote that every man at his best is vanity. It doesn't amount to anything. You can be the best you can be. I'm going to really turn over a new leaf. I'm going to I'm going to get things right. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going, to, I'm going to stop all these things. And that's good that people want to be a better person. <laughs> Man, the world should be full of better people. And it's, it's not wrong to desire to be a good, moral, upstanding citizen. But that doesn't get you saved. And that doesn't get you to heaven. And we need more than just, uh, hey, good deeds and good works. That's things that we should do. Uh, after we come to him and it would be nice if people did that before but most of us were not very nice before <laughs> most of us didn't do great things before we weren't the kind of person that said what well, you know he won citizen of the year award he got the key to the city because he you know he was rescuing cats out of a burning building and you know, it, it, we didn't that wasn't us instead we were stumbling and blind and drunk and and fighting and mean and ugly and and all kind of things, and he said, I'll take that one. And you're like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah. He said, just watch. Watch what happens when they come through the blood. Oh, when they come out on the other side. It's like, it looks like the same person, but they ain't acting like the same person because it gets rid of something that's on the inside. Well, as Jesus said, it's out of the heart where all these actions proceed from. And so uh, people are good at imitating and hiding things and putting on a show, but, but eventually what's in the heart will be lived out. And so when Jesus gets a hold of the heart and the blood is applied to our life, then all of a sudden we're acting different. The Lord said it in Ezekiel. He said, I'll take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. He said, I'll sprinkle water upon them and clean them. I'll clean them. You know, we, we think, well, God just loves me just like I am. He sure does. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. And he said, I'll, I will cleanse you. I will make you clean. And so, um, so every man in his best state, uh, that's nice, but vanity. It's good to have nice people. It's good to be in contact with nice people. I, I knew a man one time, he said, you know, he, before he really came to the Lord, he used to say, you know, I always felt like, if there was one that would just slip in the gate, it would be me because, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. And he said, but then I realized later that wasn't going to be good enough. Our, our good is not good enough. And that's the way we think sometimes. Like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. You know, I, I, I help people across the street. I, you know, I open, I open doors for people. I, I, I tip well, whatever, you know. And Yeah, but all these things. We can't be saved by our works. Scripture tells us it's by grace through faith are we saved. It's not of works. Unless we, or we could boast about it. Well, I got into heaven because I was good from the day I 
broke out, you know, from the day I was born. <laughs> yeah, man, I was just a good baby. The nurse is just like, you can't believe how good this baby is. He ain't spitting up. He ain't, he, you know, he, he, nothing. He didn't, like, cry all night. He slept through the night, you know, never drug his toys out, left them. He's just been good from the beginning. He's going to heaven. Don't work like that. And so resolutions and new leaves, while good, uh, that doesn't get rid of what's underneath. It doesn't address the sin issue, and that's what God is talking about. You know, it's, it's just like when we first came into this building, um, the carpet in here was terrible. If you, it was a little bitty half-moon platform right here, and this carpet was this brown kind of, and it was just real thin brown, and there were stains everywhere. I don't know what they were doing in here, if they was having a cookout or something, but there was stains everywhere, and we had them come and clean. They came with carpet clean. They came in, man, they cleaned, treated all the spots, and the guy told me, he said, now, we treated these spots, and we cleaned them, and you can't see them. He said, but probably in about a week, they're going to start resurfacing because they're so deep down in the fibers that we can treat it and clean it, but uh, most likely it won't come out. And he wasn't kidding. In about a week, uh, there was a place that was right there, just a dark spot. It just started coming back up. And, uh, and I, I thought that's a good example is that we can clean things on the surface, but what's underneath or what's inside will always start rising back up. That's why we need that uh, cleansing blood of Jesus. That's why we need, uh, yeah, well, that's, we, that's why we need to be clean. We need him. We need to uh, have an encounter with him. And so uh, we clean up, but it's going to keep rising up. No matter how we appear, the Lord sees it. It's still there. We were born into this. We were born under this curse of sin. And then everything that we add to it in our life, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, addictions, perversions, hatred, whatever it is, we just pile it on and then... Uh, it might be hit on the surface, but it's a stain on our soul that uh, we cannot remove. You can't cleanse your soul with soap and water. You know, um, we can wash our clothes, bathe and get clean on the outside, but there's still something going on the inside. But we're not without hope. And that's the good thing. You know, when you read scriptures that say, the soul that sinneth it shall die. That's, that doesn't give you a lot of, you're like, wow, if that's all there was, that would be rough. The wages of sin are death. That would be bad. If there's nothing else, but there's hope. And uh, John wrote this, 1 John 1 and 7. He said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's what you need to be clean. We need the blood of Jesus because, you know, uh, without that, we can't be clean. And without the blood, we can't be saved. The disciples asked Jesus a question in Matthew 19. Uh, Jesus was teaching a parable about the rich man and how the rich people would hardly enter into the kingdom of God. He said the disciples heard this said they they said, well, then who then can be saved? And the Lord said, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You may not feel like you could ever change, but you can with God. 
you may feel like you will never break those chains, but you can with God. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, they, you know, it ain't just sometimes we talk about other people don't, don't have much hope for us. Sometimes we don't have much hope for ourselves. Sometimes we're our, our own worst enemy. We're the ones that are looking in the mirror thinking, this guy, this lady is trash. They're nothing. They'll never overcome. They'll never do it. But I'm telling you that with God, all things are possible. And we can be saved. And we can be delivered. And we can be better. And we can do better than we ever did. Jesus was always changing lives. He was taking people who had never walked in their life and giving them strength to walk. And now they were on a level they had never been on. Their view was always from the ground up. But now they're walking level with everybody else. They're walking, they're leaping, they're dancing. Uh, they're, they're, they're living a completely new life because of that interaction that he had with them. And what did he say many times when he would heal them? Go thy way, thy sin is forgiven. Because he, and they, oh, the people got upset over that. How can you get, forgive sins? And he said, do this. And he said, well, what, he said, what's easier for me to say? He said, it's the same to me. He said, it's no different for me to heal them or to say your sin be forgiven. He says, but so that you know that I can do this, that's why I told him your sins are forgiven. When Jesus gets rid of it, it's gone. But until he gets rid of it, it's there. Yeah. If, if it's going to take him to get rid of it, then without him, it's still going to be there no matter how desperately we try to change. We need him. I can't do anything about it, but the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he can. That's why when John was baptized and he saw Jesus walking, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That lamb was going to be slain. That lamb's blood was going to be shed for us. And so, you know, in, in this life, we got to get a different cleaner for everything. You know, you know bleach for this, detergent for this, floor cleaner, tile cleaner, uh, stainless steel cleaner. You know, if you're washing your car, you got stuff you use on the car, stuff you use on the wheels, stuff you use on the tires, stuff you use on the engine. I mean, it's like a different cleaner for everything. But the good thing is that there's one precious blood that cleanses all sin it gets rid of addiction it gets rid of lying it gets rid of cheating come on it gets rid of stealing it gets rid of uh, adultery or fornication or anything i mean it just just washes all that sin away i don't have to uh get a separate cleaner or 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 do separate washings for each sin just just one time down and one time up and it's gone when we're baptized in his name, the blood is applied. Mm, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. Oh, Paul, he, he wrote in, in 1 Corinthians, he started naming things that couldn't get into the kingdom of God. It was all these unclean things. And he was, you know, thieves and liars and drunkards and extortioners and murderers and just listen, listen. And he said, and such were some of you. Well, if they were, that means they're not. He said, because you are washed. Well, what's washing do? It cleanses you. He said, you have been washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So where does that name of Jesus come into play at? In that water. We call on the name of the Lord as we're baptized. And the blood of Jesus washes us 
from sin. I've, I've asked this and said this before. Many people say it coming up out of the water that I could feel the difference when I came out of the water. I felt like something happened when I came up out of the water. And, and sometimes it just shocks people that they're, because you're like, I've never felt like this before. Exactly. You haven't. <laughs> because we, until we do that, we've never known what it was like to live without sin in our life. Whether we were just, I'm not talking about you just had to be out there doing something crazy because we're all born into it. You can't get away from it. We're all, uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've lived a life, we're used to carrying that and living with it on the inside. We, we make the adjustments and we just live our life that way until we finally come in contact with him and we realize I can't live for him with this in my life. And so when we go down, just like sin separates us from God, once that happens right there, that because we're baptized or buried with him, there's a connection that happens when we're buried in that water with him and, and we're baptized in his name. Now all of a sudden we're close. The scripture says we are brought nigh or close to him through his blood. Because once we're clean and that sin is washed away, there's no more separation between us and God. It's iniquity that separates us from God. God's hand's not short that it can't save. His ear's not heavy that he can't hear. It says, but your iniquity, it separates you. That's why, you know, people ask a lot of times, why you know, would Jesus on the cross cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had already told the disciples, I'm never alone for the Father's always with me. But it was on that cross that he was bearing the sin of the world and and so him that had never sinned was made sin for us. And all of a sudden he felt like, he, he felt what it was like for us. He had to be tempted in all points. And even up to that point, he had to know what it was like to have sin on you. And he did. He wasn't a sinner, but he, he had all the sin of the world on him. And now he feels what it's like to not have that connection with the Lord. And so he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, he, he hadn't forsaken him. He just, he had never felt that before. Mm. And so we're used to it because we're born into it. We, we live in it. We, you know, even if we live in our best life, it's still there because we're born into it. But once we go here, that thing that has bothered us all our life, you come up, it stays there. You bury the old man. That's the sin. We were dead in sins and trespasses, and you bury what's dead. And, and we come up, and we're, it's, baptism is for the remission of sins past. And so the past is left there unless you turn around and drag it out with you. That's why I tell people, leave it in the grave. Leave it in the water. Don't, go, don't be grave digging. Don't be going around trying to get something back that you buried. Leave it there. And so he washes us. So we can't do it on our own. We've got to have an encounter with Jesus. He's Lord of all. He's the Savior of all. Isaiah 1 and 18, this is the Lord speaking. This is the voice of reason. He said, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He gets the stain out. 
He said, you can have that stain of sin on your life, but I can change that. And, and, and you know, and unlike us, we, we throw away things that are stained and they're no good or change the purpose of it. The Lord just washes it. They're in a stain he can't get out. Oh, but pastor, you don't know the life I live. Don't have to. I know the one that can get the stain out. I don't have to know a, a single detail of your life. You, man, you could, man, you could have been a, a, just a monster in this life and, and just ugly and filthy and all kinds. Of, it don't matter. If you, by faith, go down in that water, believing that the Son of God died for your sins and rose from the dead, that, that Jesus Christ did that, friend, when you come out of that water, the sins of the past are remitted. And it doesn't matter what anybody else remembers about your past. It's still there. If they, if they want to visit that person, say, well, go to that baptistry and look down in that water. That's where you'll find that person. Because this is a different person. I still got the same name and social security number, but it's a different person. I'm not the same. And so, uh, you know, pe people, they answer sin with stones. But God answers sin with mercy and grace. Go your way. But what did he tell the, that, that lady that day? Go your way, sin no more. And so uh, the wages of sin is death, but we can avoid that because of the blood of Jesus. It's the soul, we've seen this, it's the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, the old song would ask. And, and we would sing that to the top of our lungs. And, and uh, I want to be washed in the blood. It washes whiter than snow, it, it, and it never loses its power. I know those are songs, but they're truth in the songs. It, the blood of Jesus never loses its power. Uh, and it, how important is that washing? Revelation chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, uh, John saw all these people in uh, white robes, and he asked them, and he said, who are these that are wearing these white robes? Where did they come from? And I said unto him, sir, or the angel asked John that. And John said, I, well, you know where they are. And he said, these are they. They came out of great tribulation. And they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Friend, that's, and, and, and that's why we preach these messages today about washing and about cleansing. Look what uh, Psalm 119 and 9 says. Did I give you that scripture, sis? I give you that? Okay. So then we've talked about you can't taking soap and much cleanser to you. You can wash, but God still sees it. But look what Psalm 119 and 9 says. The word wherewithal, nobody uses that anymore. So <laughs> basically it means how or how can a, a, a young man cleanse his way. How can somebody cleanse his way? And it could be young man or young lady. Of course, we know it, it goes either way. He says, but this is how he can do it. If he will take heed to your word, he's talking to the Lord. If this man, if a man or woman will take heed to the word of God, that's how they can be cleansed. That's why the scripture tells us we're not, that we are born again, not of corruptible seed. That's sin. That's flesh. What's born of flesh is flesh. What's born of spirit is spirit. He said, but we are born again by incorruptible seed, the word of God. So how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. Jesus gave us the instructions on how to get rid of this stuff. He said, I don't need you walking around carrying that stuff. You don't want to carry that stuff, and it'll keep you out. 
So you need to get rid of it. So he gave instructions to his disciples. The instruction is this. In Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47, the Lord said to his disciples before he ascended up to heaven, he said, this is, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. He said, I did what was needed for your salvation. This is what happened. I died and rose from the dead. And now repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So that's the instruction. Now here is the application. This is what the disciples heard Jesus say. This is how they preached that. So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, Peter is winding down his message. Israel is uh, pricked in their heart because of the next thing they're going to hear. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God has made that same Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They realized that they were in sin and iniquity. They realized they had sinned against God and that they were in a bad place. So they said, what shall we do? Now, the Lord said, preach repentance and remission of sins in his name, beginning at Jerusalem. They're in Jerusalem, and here's what Peter says. Repent, so he checked that off the list. That's what the Lord said. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's the second check mark. He preached repentance and remission of sins. Remission of sins comes through baptism in Jesus' name. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Well, Jesus shed his blood, and he shed it for our sins, for the remission of sins past. But how do I do that? You can't just hear the gospel. You've got to obey the gospel. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's for the remission of sins. And then he said, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the application. That right there is the blood washing your sins away, and now you have a new life to walk in. You have a new spirit inside of you that will help you do everything that Jesus wants you to do. It does not mean that you won't slip and fall and make a mistake. The Scripture instructs us to keep our garments white, unspotted. But you know what? It still happens. It's just like when you was a kid and you was getting ready to go somewhere. You, they, you, parents usually get the kids dressed first so they can get ready. Don't get nothing on this. And so they set you in a chair and don't move. Stay right here. Don't eat nothing. Don't do it. But, you know, you, I'm just going to go outside for a minute. Trip going down the stairs, fall in the grass, grass stains. So it happens. Well, what do you do? Well, you got to wash those. You, you can go change. But you got to get cleaned back up. And that's the good thing is that the Lord didn't tell us all this expecting that we would never make another mistake. He said, because I know kids, he said, they're going to play next to a mud hole. And whether they, they mean it to or I said, somebody else is going to throw a rock and splash something on them. It's going to happen. So he said, keep your garments white. So what, what does the scripture tell us we can do? He said, he said, if you confess your faults, he's faithful to forgive you. Once we see, that's what, you don't have to get baptized every time you make a mistake. Thank goodness. I would be, <laughs> I just have a drive-through baptismal tank just just drive through, dunk you on your way. Because I'd be doing it all day, every day. Uh, we'd have to have first, second, third shifts, people baptized. You don't have to do that. 
the baptism, that first baptism, that, that burial with him, that's for the remissions of sins past. That's what you've done up to that point. But once going forward, now uh, John also wrote, he said, I write to you that you sin not, but if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he also wrote that if we confess our faults, he is faithful to forgive us our faults. So we can go to him and repent again. Repentance doesn't have to be, it should never be a one-time thing. We should be repenting every day. Just, you know, the Lord said, when you pray, pray like this. And our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me of my trespasses. Well, I don't think I've done anything. Pray it anyway. Because a lot of times what we think we didn't do, we did. You know, we didn't think we did. So it's good sometimes just say, Lord, if I have done something and I don't even realize that I did that or did something to hurt somebody's feelings or, you know, God, I, it's not my intent, but I may have done it, so forgive me. I, I pray that all the time. Lord, save me in spite of myself because I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. That I, anybody on their best day can fall flat on their face. But that doesn't mean we're utterly cast down, the Scripture says, that the hand of the Lord holds us up. So there is hope if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse. This is, did I give you First John 1 and 9? Let's put that up there just because of that last phrase. If you can pull it up for me if I didn't give it to you. First John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. See, he'll clean you right back up. Isn't that wonderful? That he didn't throw you away, that he didn't say, well, they're they good for nothing but a dust rag now, or, or you know, they, they're, they're only good for, you know, the trash pile now. But instead, he says, I, if I can cleanse you once, I can cleanse you again. And so uh, I, I'd rather, I want you to do your best to stay clean, but I know the world you live in, and he remembers our frame, he knows we're dust, he knows we're flesh, and he knows that our flesh fights with the spirit and we want to uh you know the the spirit is indeed willing but the flesh is weak and sometimes we are just gonna we're gonna do it we're gonna yield to the flesh we're gonna say something we sh wouldn't have said or shouldn't have said we're gonna do something we wish we hadn't have done even paul did that but thank goodness if our intent is not to turn and walk away from god we just got in ourself made that mistake now we can come back to him and say father forgive me Wash me again. Cleanse me. And here's my, here's my garment. Wash me again. Cleanse me again. And he can clean us right back up. Right back up. And so, I, I don't know, this laid on me because we've been baptizing so many people and we've got some today that are going to be baptized and, and just realizing how important it is because many people, they don't think baptism is a big deal. It's just a ceremony. It's just, but it's not. There's, there's so many scriptures in the New Testament that where the Lord makes reference and the, and the apostles make reference of why we are baptized. And even Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I, you, know, and I, you know, I don't try to take away or add anything to what the Lord says. That's what he said. I'm not going to try to change the interpretation of it. Because I see it played out in the book of Acts. When, uh, when Philip found the eunuch going across the desert, he preached Jesus to him. 
And when he preached Jesus to him and the eunuch believed, he said, well, here's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? He said, if you believe, you can. He said, well, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, well, let's get in the water. Took him in the water and baptized him. He believed the gospel. Then he was baptized. That eunuch went away rejoicing. You know why? Because all of a sudden he felt something he'd never felt before, what it was like to be connected to the Savior because his sins were washed away. He was cleansed. Even Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom, by the way, I'm, I'm fixing to close with this. Peter was given the keys to the kingdom. The Lord said you can't enter in or see the kingdom without being born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. But Peter wrote that the days of Noah, eight souls were saved by water. Too many times we, you know, we attribute the salvation to the ark, but the water, the ark without the water did nothing. <laughs> it was the water that carried them away and that washed away all the sin that was on the earth. And he said the like figure wherein to baptism doth also now save us. Baptism doth also now save us. Again, I'm not going to try to reinterpret what he said. I'm just going to say what he said. He's got the keys. Jesus gave him the keys. Uh, I think Jesus knows who, who he picked <laughs> to preach the message. So if people could just realize how essential it is that once you believe in him, let him do the work he came to do. That's, and that's the whole thing. When, we're, when we repent and are baptized, we're letting Jesus do what he desired to do. We're, you know, we're obeying the orders, that he, the commands that he gave to his disciples. Go and preach repentance and remission of sin in my name. In my name. And so that's why we baptize in Jesus' name. That's why we believe baptism is essential. And it doesn't mean, hey, there's a lot of people got great faith and hadn't been in the water yet. And that, so don't ever, oh, you haven't been baptized, you ain't got nothing. Oh, don't ever say that. Because we were all, there's all been a point before we got there. You had to have faith before you got there. And so with what you know and what they have, encourage people in that direction. Say, look, why not do what the Lord asked of us? You, know, you believe in him. You believe he died for you. You believe he rose from the dead. You believe in the cleansing power of his blood. Then why not go ahead and do what the scripture said to do? Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. That's the scripture. He didn't say just this group here today that it was only for this day. But he said that's why he went on to reference the outpouring of the spirit. He said it would be you know, to you, to your children, all who are far off. This whole message of salvation is its the only one that's coming. It's the only one we've got or going to get until he comes back to get us. So let's teach people and, you know, encourage people. But for goodness sake, don't fight people. I told them this Wednesday night, I said, you don't argue about this stuff. We don't fight over God's word. Oh, man, you ain't going to win nobody by fighting them. Just love people and just tell them, show them in their Bible. If they've got their Bible, say, let me show you in your Bible so you'll believe it. Because sometimes, I don't, what, what Bible are you reading? <laughs> Same one you're reading. But, you know, sometimes you just have to show it to them and, and then say, you know, pray about it. See what the Lord will tell you. He'll confirm his word. Let's stand together.